Welcome to the Data Bites podcast by Women in Data, where we give you your weekly bite-sized dose of career development advice, industry case studies, and career stories to help you excel in your data career. Today, I'm excited to welcome to the podcast, Heather Hill. Heather is a leader and influencer with over 15 years experience in business intelligence space. She is actively involved in the analytics community as an international speaker, published author, and SAP mentor. Welcome, Heather. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Thanks so much for having me today. Awesome. So you work in helping businesses become really leaders in analytics. I'd love to know, like, how do you define an analytics leader? That's a good question. So really a leader is somebody in general, whether it's for analytics or for any area who is able to inspire and motivate other people. And to be an analytics leader is to really help others grow in understanding data within your organization um, and, and help them use data to make decisions. So you can be a leader, an analytics leader, without having a title that says manager or director or what, what have you. Um, being a leader is just being somebody that others can follow and lean on in order to learn more. I love that. I really like that you identify too. You don't have to have that title, right? Of like VP of analytics. It really is about your followers and who looks to you for advice. So if your focus as an analytics leader is really helping people grow in this space, like how do you get started on it? Like, you know, maybe you have information to share and you think you can help people grow in this space, but like, where do you start at? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I mean, the, the statistics around user adoption and um, you know building a data data culture are still really rough for the data and analytics industry. I mean, there's still numbers around eighty to ninety percent of analytics projects fail, and that's disheartening and that's tough. I think that's where um, being a leader in the space and helping to grow and uh, adoption is so important. And in order to do that, oftentimes as technologists, we focus on the technology. We think, okay, I don't have the right tool for the job. I'm just using an Excel spreadsheet. I need, you know, whatever tool, whether Tableau, Power BI, SAP Analytics Cloud, whatever it is. But it's not the tool that solves the problem. What you really need is the right people and the right processes in place. So having the right people who can, um, who are analytics savvy or who are data savvy or people who are interested in learning and growing that you can train is really, really important. So one of the first things that, that an, an organization or someone who wants to lead in this space can do is to assess your current environment and say, do I have people in the different areas? Do I have somebody, and oftentimes accounting and finance is an area where you do have data hungry people. So do I have folks in there who'd be good candidates to start, um, to start training and growing and teaching others within my organization? Do I have somebody in the sales area or operations or the different areas that I can help grow that space and teach and train? And that's the first area where you can start. Um, and then from there, you really want to create a program where you can continue to train to create that um, data foundation. You need to have the knowledge. And then on top of 
building that knowledge and getting the um, getting our data savvy organization, you need to create that culture. Now, the difference is with a culture, it's about um, the will to use data. You can teach about data and say, here, here is when you enter this transaction in the system, here is what it means. Here's what this data element means. You could teach that. You could teach how to create a story, but having the drive and the will to want to use it and to want to leverage that information, that's what changes it into a data culture. So if I'm understanding it right, it's find those people who will essentially be those ambassadors for you, right? And as they grow in the organization, then it starts to feed into a data culture. But in that regard, you know, for those ambassadors, what are you looking for? Are you looking for people who can build beautiful visualizations? Are you looking for people who can tell great stories? Are you looking for data scientists who can, you know, build predictive models or machine learning engineers? Like, Besides identifying people in, you know, finance or accounting where they may be data hungry, what is that core like role you're looking for so that they can start to lead that data culture? Yeah, that's a good question. McKinsey posted a great graphic on this, which had kind of a Venn diagram with three circles coming together, where you want people with different skills. You want people with the technical skills who would be your data scientists, um, your more technical analysts people who are um, taking care of the platform, you know, you're more technical folks, but then you also want the, the people who are your business savvy folks as well. And those would be the ones where, you know, you might have somebody out in your operations side of the business, but they're not super technical. I mean, they're used, they, they know the business, but they're not super technical. So you need those folks as well. Um, to be able to come together. It is, it is useful to have uh, people who have both an energy for the business as well as technology or an interest in it, because I do think that that helps um, create a little more drive and a little more passion around using data to tell a story. But um, I mean, oftentimes you'll see in the sales organization, they're a great area. They're great at telling stories because they tell a story about the sale and why you should buy whatever it is that you're selling, right? So they can be some of your greatest data storytellers who in paired with somebody who is good with a technical solution can really build something amazing together. So it's really important to have um, both sides of the house that you can bring together and um, help each other to create something that's valuable for an organization. Listen, man, when we see companies who are doing this well and really succeeding at any analytics, like what are those key components that they have that other organizations don't? So you mentioned the statistic that, you know, 80, about 80% of um, analytics projects fail. I've also seen that at an adoption rate at a high, you know, at a company with a high adoption rate, it's still only about 30% that are using BI tools. So even just basic, you know, analytics. So for those that are doing this well, what do they do that differs from those who are leading the analytics well at their organization? Yeah, that's a good question. I do think that it really starts with the, um, with the executive suite. It really starts um, to create a culture within an organization, it really has to start with those executives, your CEO, your CIO, your CFO, really understanding data and wanting to drive that storytelling home within the organization. 
Because if you don't have it coming from the top down throughout the organization, it kind of gets lost, a gap, a chasm happens somewhere along the process and it gets it, it doesn't make it all the way through the organization. So I do think that's the number one thing that you need within your organization is that, that executive support. Yeah, and if we're looking at it too as using analytics to make better decisions, I mean, the majority of the decision-making is coming from that top level down. So it really comes from those leaders starting to be leaders by example and making those decisions based off of data. And then I think that really is how it in, infiltrates really the rest of the organization because it's it's a little bit harder in that regard to manage up in terms of like, hey, here's the data and we should follow it. If the leader is always used to making that decision based off of intuition, they're going to stay with that intuition, right? <laughs> Yes, exactly. And it's it's also true for creating the KPIs, right? The KPIs start at the top and roll down, right? When you say, I want to um, grow revenue by 30% by the end of the year. And if that's the, your overall corporate goal, then every single department's KPIs should roll into driving that goal home. And you need your executives at the top and then you know your next level of leaders to all be aligned with that vision. So then when you're creating your analytics, you have a clear direction of where you want to go. I mean, having those KPIs, um, the clarity on those is, is really foundational too. So shifting gears a little bit, but staying within the C-suite realm. So today we see very low representation of women in the C-suite. And I know you're very passionate about, you know, helping women progress in their careers and advocating for women. Why do you think we see so few women move into those leadership positions today? You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I actually saw a statistic on this that um, by hacker rank um, uh, online, and they said that 20% of women over the age of 35 in a technology position actually uh, are only in junior level positions, while it's 5% of men over the age of 35, that women are less likely to raise in the ranks in, um, in technology positions, which is, which is very interesting. I think that part of that has to do with sometimes, um, as women, we have some co conflicting priorities. And oftentimes if we get to get to the point where, you know, we have kids and we're juggling those priorities or, you know, other, other types of activities, it makes it harder for us to put in some of that extra time, or maybe we take um, a, some time off in our careers. And when you're in a technology field, things ch move and change fast. And as you probably know too, like we're constantly learning. We're having to read, we're having to constantly take more courses, more classes to stay up to date on everything. So if you lose some time, it can be really hard to ramp back up. I mean, even taking a maternity leave can really be tough on a women's career and on taking that advancement. So I, I think that makes it really hard uh, for women. I think a lot of that has to do with cultural changes that need to happen within our organizations um, that that would embrace more of um, helping us here, especially in the United States, uh, to be able to not lose traction in our careers as we kind of continue to grow. Yeah, I have identified this as what I call the five years of doom. So <laughs> we know that women who are highly educated 
tend to have children later. So if you're working in a technology career, normally you have a bachelor's or a master's degree. So you're waiting till about probably 30, you know, 35 to have children. That's the same five years that we usually see people move into their first manager position. And so if we don't see that happen before women taking, you know, a step back to have children, it can be detrimental for you know, the continuation of their career. But one positive insight into that is women's brains actually mature faster than men's brains. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity that maybe we should be promoting women at a younger age, moving them into that position sooner, knowing the five years of doom is coming and giving better incentives for them to come back and not feeling like, you know, they're starting over again at an individual contributor level. So yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, it's it's not just in technology careers, although it's worse in technology careers, but, you know, it's it's all across the board for women in leadership positions. I mean, as you've probably heard about the different initiatives for getting more women on boards, for example, and the impact that having that more um, gender diversity really impacts the bottom line for organizations at the, as they've seen. Um, I mean, it's a global, it's a global issue that goes beyond just technology careers. But um, I do think it's also, it, it can also be intimidating when there, you have an all male uh, leadership team, it can be intimidating for a woman to step up and apply for that position or to go for a position too. And I think that's why it's so important to have community to help provide support um, for, for women as, as you continue to grow and want to um, you know, move to the next level. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, here at Women in Data, that's a big portion of what we do is the community aspect. But you have beat the odds and moved into C-suite positions and now lead your own business. I'd love to learn a little bit more about your story into becoming an analytics leader in this space. And what were some of the challenges you encountered over the, the way? And how did you, you know, overcome these obstacles? Yeah, good question. So, I started my career, which is kind of interesting, in accounting, because uh, back when I was in school in the 90s, they didn't have careers in data science or analytic, data analytics or any of those for um, getting your degree. But from accounting, it's a lot of it is in reporting and doing analytics and um, trying to understand you know, opportunities for saving money or for you know, uh, um, you know, growing revenue. So I actually found my love for data that way. And so I moved into um, the business intelligence space a little bit later in my career because of that. And I actually had a great opportunity and grew pretty quickly at the very beginning just because there was just so much opportunity in the organization and they were so hungry for data and had so much opportunity there that I was able to differentiate myself by being really knowledgeable about the technology and about the data itself. And I spent a lot of time really analyzing the data understanding. And so I was able to, to find opportunities and say, hey, you know, I found this opportunity where we could save revenue here. And that really um, enabled me to get in front of the C-suite pretty quickly. And so I really, I say for me, um, I was always shy growing up. And so, you know, hiding behind, you know, the computer screen sometimes can be, you know, comforting. But um, when 
I, I think it's really important to be able to not be afraid to dive in. And if you find something that you think is really interesting to not be afraid to share that with somebody else in the business or with some leadership and look for opportunities to work with them and say, hey, you know, how can I help you? How can I help you be successful? And in helping that leader be successful, then they help you grow and help you raise up too. So it's really um, about, you know, kind of that trade-off of, of uh, being really supportive to other people and then getting that support back from them. So I was really fortunate in that way. I did work in a lot of male-dominated industries, so it, it was very isolating for me. But I, I also have always um, been involved in conferences and groups where I could connect with other women. I mean, we didn't have women in data back when I started, but that's why I just love that this group. But I did. I went to a lot of events that I connect with other women just to help um, inspire me too. Yeah, I really love what you mentioned in terms of you know finding your putting yourself in a position to be of service to other leaders in the organization and. I think that's so key. We talk a lot about how mentorship is so helpful in terms of being successful in your career and moving up the ladder in your career. And some of the best mentors I've found have been the ones that first offered and said, hey, how can I help you? And when you start helping them, then they give you feedback and it just the mentorship happens naturally. And I really love that you mentioned that in terms of making sure you know, you're looking for ways to be of service to others and be of service to the business. And, you know, one of the models we have in women in data is you get what you give. And I think that's such a great representation of that. And your story is a great representation of how that's been beneficial and successful to you. I also had a great mentor too, um, as I kind of got further on in my career and kind of hit that point of like, well, now what's next? You know, and so I was really fortunate to have that. And, you know, I still connect with her all the time. And it's, it was nice to have a female mentor too. So <laughs> really be able to, to share the, the, oh, this happened. And it's so frustrating as well as the wins, right? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So for those who are looking to move from an individual contributor position to a manager position, really that key position for women to start to move into the C-suite, what advice do you have for those currently in that role and looking to move into a manager position? I'd say differentiate yourself. Um, you know, find opportunities that you can show your value and differentiate yourself. Um, get a mentor or coach. I think that's huge who can help guide you in the steps and help give you feedback on uh, where you can grow. It's oftentimes not the technical skills that you need, but maybe the soft skills that you need. And that's usually that's, you know, the stumbling block to getting there. So um, having that third party view can be really helpful for that. Um, and also share that information with with your manager, because oftentimes they want to help you learn and grow, too. And so that could be another way to grow if you're looking to grow within your current organization. Right. So what's next for you? I know you have some books in mind that you're looking to develop. What's what's next for you in your life and in your business over the next couple of years? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I was one of the ones from the great resignation a few months ago and I decided <laughs> to 
to start my, my own business. And actually when I left my job, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I thought, what do I really, really love doing? You know, what's the parts of my job that I really love the most. And so I really like helping others and sharing my story. And so that's why I started, um, you know, my company. And, um, and so that's what I'm doing now, but I also, I found a love for writing, like, like you mentioned. And so I am doing more of that and hoping to publish a book in the next year in the 2022 time frame. And so I'm really excited about that and really continue to grow the business and just be able to touch more people and to be able to help more people to really grow themselves as analytics leaders too. And you know, as you know, I just started getting involved with women in data. So I'm really hoping to grow the Phoenix chapter here too. So <laughs> if we have any Phoenicians out there, you need to reach out. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, they get, you have a great lead in Phoenix. So looking forward to that. Um, so would love to know for the best ways for people to connect with you if they want to learn more about you, follow when your book comes out or connect with your business. What's the best way for them to get in contact with you? But LinkedIn is always great. Um, you can catch me on LinkedIn or um, through my website too. You can always get, get, get to me that way. Great. Yeah. And the website, um, we'll put it in the, in the show notes, but for those who are listening, it's just www.businesscoach.com. Um, definitely be sure to check it out. Heather has a lot of great free resources on her website and a lot of awesome services she offers. So fantastic conversation today. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast, sharing your insights, wisdom, and knowledge with us. Um, anything else from you before we sign off? Uh, no, thank you so much for having me, Sadie. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Talk to you all soon. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Data Bytes podcast. If you're looking for more resources to further your data career or find your tribe, we encourage you to become a member at womenindata.org. See you on the other side.